Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by Audible.com. If you would like to support this podcast and start a 30-day trial membership, Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. Season 11, Episode 14. This is Writing Excuses, the element of adventure. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And we are continuing with our theme of elemental genres. Now, We're talking about adventure this time. We're not just talking about adventure fiction. We want to dig deeper. We want to ask why people like this style of fiction, how you can use it, and how you can write an adventure story yourself. To do that, we need to spend a little time defining exactly what we mean by adventure. For instance, some of our other elemental genres kind of stray this direction a bit. Mary, what is the difference between an adventure story and a thriller? So adventure story, both of them have an element of danger to them. Mm-hmm. The big difference is where that danger comes from. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, there's a lot of jumping and running in, uh, with both adventure and thriller. But with adventure, it's very much about, can I do this thing? It's right. about pushing your limits. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really things that you, trouble you get yourself into. Thriller, there's an outside threat that is coming after you. So there might be a thriller moment in an adventure, but adventure is really, can I do this thing? It's it's basically the, um, it is the fiction version of, hey, dude, watch this. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. It's, for me, uh, I, I contrast it with uh, with sense of wonder, with, with elemental yep. wonder. Mm-hmm. Uh, wonder, for me, is the thrill of seeing a thing. And the element of adventure is the thrill of doing a thing. Yes, right. Um, and it's easy to it's easy to conflate them because, for mm-hmm. instance, in Ringworld, we have this big wondrous object, right? And we have an adventure in which they are doing things, but the things that they're doing are not nearly so exciting as the big thing. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, and the fun about this is if you start to drill down about how each of these work, you can see how. A lot of films will present themselves as adventure fiction, but really they will be skewing a different direction. Um, I think of like the Pirates of the Caribbean, which some of them have been adventure and some of them have been horror and some of them have been thriller. They all pretend to be the same adventure genre, but mm-hmm. you get bored with seeing the same thing. And so they present different films and even different parts of the films in different directions to tweak something different inside of people. Yeah, whereas Indiana Jones is pretty much straight-up yep. adventure. Straight-up adventure. He's like, hey, there's this cool thing. Can I go get it? And, well, and the yeah. Nazis. But- right. <laughs> well, the, the example that I was thinking of was the, the Tintin comics. Oh, yeah. Which mm-hmm. Indiana Jones is, is based on in large part, which really uh, the writer of that would just come up with some great idea like Antarctica and then – Think of how many cool set pieces, you know, what are the fun and exciting things that can happen in Antarctica, and then string them together into a story. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point, that a lot of times adventure fiction is based in in the, the milieu, the place. Yes. That it's, there is an element of exploration to it. Right. Now, we'll get into idea story, where we talk 
we've we've kind of put a lot of exploration into that, but that's more about the discovery mm-hmm. of something. The the one the the fun from that comes from discovery. In, in this, it's really the challenge. The fun comes from the challenge. And Tintin's a perfect example. Indiana Jones is a perfect example of these stories where, you know, Indiana Jones has danger. He's fighting Nazis, but he has put himself there. And it's the challenge, can I beat the Nazis? Not, oh no, Nazis are going to kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very different stories doing something different. Yeah, and I think the other thing with the, is that the, the challenge is, again, almost always a physical challenge. Yeah. Whereas with an idea story, it's usually a mental challenge. That right. It's exploring an idea as mm-hmm. opposed to exploring yeah. a, when can I do it? Exploring, you know, idea stories are often exploring an idea or a place to learn how it works. Mm-hmm. Whereas in adventure, we're just trying to get out alive or we are trying to accomplish something from one thing to another. Another really good example of adventure stories is the Jackie Chan movies mm. because it's set piece after set piece in which we are seeing Jackie Chan do cool things. And the fact that, or sorry, the, the evidence for me that this is just straight up adventure is that the linking story is usually quite weak between these elements. And often the best part of the film is the pseudo-documentary at the end, which is outtakes of Jackie Chan trying to do these things he did for the movie. It was Mm -hmm. all about doing amazing things. Yeah. And and the other thing about this doing of the amazing things is for the reader, I think one of the the emotions that you're trying to convey to them or, or evoke in them or why they read it is that the protagonist is doing cool things that the reader would like to be able to do. Yeah, there's there's great elements of wish fulfillment in almost every one of these, as we we've, we've talked about. But in this one, it's the the I want to go there and accomplish this thing. It's the mm-hmm. one of the reasons you watch a documentary, which I love documentaries and films on Everest, right? Stories about Everest is because that's one of the greatest challenges that someone can face in our world is, can I climb this mountain? It is there. Can I get to the top? Mm-hmm. It kills a lot of people. Can I go do this? Now, some of those stray into having subgenres of other elements, but at their core, every climb a mountain story is an adventure. In the same way that going against Nazis is an adventure, in the same way that, you know, going and, you know, King Kong could be an adventure. All of these things are, there's this element of go and do this thing. The question I have for you guys is, then you mentioned the milieu. These are often milieu stories. Can you have an adventure story that is not in an exotic location? I think definitely you can. Although it's, I think that one of the core elements of an adventure story is that the person having the adventure is an outsider. So Mm. I think that it's possible to have an adventure story that's, that's in a city but that the, I think that the the main character would not be from the city. Okay. Coming back to Jackie Chan, Rumble in the Bronx. Right. Mm-hmm. The Bronx, it's a place any of us can go, but our protagonist was not from there. He mm-hmm. was an outsider. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't an exotic location, plenty of adventure in it. Well, and, and it's worth pointing out that in Jackie Chan movies and movies like it, even if the setting is familiar— each set piece makes sure to add something unique to the yeah. environment. The set pieces you know, are quite dynamic. This, fight, this isn't just a fight on stable ground. This is a fight on a moving platform or a hover car or in a factory full of flames and televisions and things. The scene in uh, uh, Live Free or Die Hard where Shia LaBeouf says, 
you shot down a helicopter with your car. Um, yeah, it, we're in a fairly ordinary place, but somebody launched a car at a helicopter. Now, and- that's an excellent example because I think the Die Hard films started as thrillers. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. transitioned into adventure oh, yeah. um, stories. And actually, the rating went down as they transitioned into adventure, <laughs> and the things accomplished got more extravagant. Well, and that's in part that's because they, uh, and now I'm maybe blowing the writing excuses horn a little too hard. They didn't understand <laughs> that their core element that attracted people to these films was thriller. Uh, you could make that argument, certainly. I, you could also make the argument they understood that. But said the wider audience, we've done this so many mm-hmm. times. We need to take the genre a new direction, um, and and build into well, it this other idea. I think there's a lot to be said for tone as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you take a thriller and lighten the tone, you're yeah. going to get an adventure story. Mm-hmm. Uh. And so, they just depending on which audience you want to grab. You know, the, as soon as they make a, you know, I think they already made one of the diehards as PG-13. Oh, yeah, like two of them have been it, or something. It instantly, that almost by definition changed it toward adventure. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that one of the, the the differences then is part of what you're looking at with when you're looking at, at the hero's solutions to the problem. The same threat could arise, but with the thriller, one of the things that you're setting up is, is he going to survive? And with an adventure, you're looking at, I want to see what cool thing he does to get out of this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Can, he or she accomplished this thing. Balance and they of power. do it. Yeah. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $129 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $249 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, let's go ahead and stop for the book of the week. I actually have the book of the week this week. It is Leviathan Wakes by James S.A. Corey. Um, this is actually written, half written by a friend of mine, Daniel Abraham, under a pseudonym along with Ty Frank. Um, this was a really good book. I enjoyed it. It has that sense of adventure. It's a grand space opera with some hard science fiction trappings, um, just hard enough to make you believe. It, it's, it's exactly what I love in a science fiction story. Um, it follows primarily two protagonists as they navigate um, what's going on in the politics and adventure and weirdness of space. It's a small system, though, kind of like Firefly in that they're not traveling to other star systems. It all takes place in our solar system, except all the asteroids have been mined and there's people living in them and each of the moons has a colony on it. Um, and I like this because you can kind of grasp the size, even though you can't really but you can say, okay, there, there are like 50 places that people can go in this solar system, and I can keep these all straight. And Mars is a superpower, and the Earth is a superpower, and the asteroid belt is a bunch of belters living in these little kind of hollowed-out asteroids. Um, it, it's very fun. It does transition genres um, about at the halfway point. I won't give that surprise away to you, um, but it's very interesting how they transition genres in the middle of this. Um, I will give a content warning on this. They curse a lot. So if, if that's something that uh, that bothers you, this may be something to avoid. Um, it is an excellently written book, and there's a companion television show now, um, which I believe Howard, Howard is watching. Yep, The Expanse. Yep. And The Expanse takes us to that halfway point in the yep. first book. Um, great book uh, written by James S.A. Corey, read by Jefferson May. 
And you can pick it up at Audible. Start a 30-day trial. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. Support the podcast, get a free book, and enjoy Leviathan Wakes. All right, second half of the podcast, let's dig into this. Let's say, okay, we know what an adventure story is. How do we conceive and come up with one of our own? What are the elements we need to put in, and how do we do it? So the things that we've been talking about that, that adventures have is that there are cool set pieces. Mm-hmm. And, and this means that you're looking for cool action scenes. Um, you're also looking for a protagonist who is competent but pushed to the edge of their competency. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great – Indiana Jones is the perfect yeah. example of this because – I often reference this intro to the first Indiana Jones, but it does it perfectly. You see how competent he is, and he still fails. He's right at the edge. You know that he could pull something great off, but he's going to have to push himself. I had a fun experience with uh, uh, with the very first story I did for Privateer Press, um, and I've, I've related aspects of this before. Uh, Scott Taylor, the editor, told me, uh, this is adventure fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need something to happen we, we need something needs to go on <laughs> mm-hmm. here in this first act. Uh, yeah. And he said, you know, it can be a runaway cart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what I built was, you know, the, the cart, which is being pulled by a mule. Uh, the mule gets spooked because a steam jack explodes. And our very competent protagonist is paying attention to the steam jack. He's like, it, it shouldn't be making that noise. Guys. Guys, pit, and then there's an explosion, and then he doesn't have control of his cart, and then we're caroming through the city, and yeah, and Scott Reddick's like, oh yeah, see more of this, uh, and and make the explosion bigger, uh, which was <laughs> a fun learning experience for me because I didn't realize at the time that that yeah. was what I wanted to be cranking. Now, now, see, that is a great example to bring up because it is a way to uh, add adventure, but without diluting the story you were trying to tell you still made sure that the character's competency was involved, that that specific character was a scholar, Mm -hmm. and so he was noticing something wrong with the machinery. And so you were using it to expose character and to, you know, make the story fun, but without losing all the rest of the stuff you wanted to tell. I think in some ways one of the things to actually look at when you are looking at your your conflicts is actually what Howard just said is can – you do this conflict in a way that the explosion is bigger. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. You know, which sounds a little facile, and, and but yeah. it, it is, you know, when something goes wrong, it's like, okay, so this is the, this is the level of wrong I'd planned to, mm-hmm. for it to go, but this is an adventure. Can I take that this has gone wrong to another level? It's like, so you've got the one Nazi who comes in. Why not a squad of Nazis? <laughs> I want to raise the, the concept here, though, that... When I'm plotting, I'm a planner, when I'm plotting, I'm often looking at what are the payoffs, what are people looking for, and what's going to pull them from page to page. And we'll spend some time next time when we come back to adventure about this idea of pulling people page to page. But I think you want to look at an escalation Mm. um, with adventure fiction. Often there's a really big thing at the beginning. It's not your biggest set piece, but it's a good one to give your promise to your reader. And then you de-escalate for a while and do setup for a while have small escalations building up to grand set pieces later on. And you do need to make the explosions bigger through the course of your story, as well as having some at the beginning that will draw people in. 
Yeah, something that I do some with, when I'm do, dealing with adventure in my stories mm-hmm. is that I will write down a list of the set pieces. Right. And then I will order them and figure out where they need to happen structurally in the book. Um, and, and you can escalate other things than the explosions. Right. We're using that mm-hmm. as a metaphor. Yeah. You can raise the stakes. You yeah. can, you know— it can be very personal with the main with the main character saving a room full of people, and at the end you make it a building. This sort of thing is is okay, or you can just have the show the character being pushed to their limits, trying to achieve this, so that even if the end one is not necessarily as big as the beginning, we are there with that character, and what they accomplish should be bigger. Yeah, and actually, you know, I think in some ways, now that you've said that, I think I was wrong when I said it's about making the explosions bigger. It's it's actually about making the the way the character solves it cooler. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yes, that's part of it. The other part of it, and we've talked about this with, uh, you know, in our podcasts about, uh, well, about romance in particular, uh, how is the character responding to this? Mm. Uh, if it's a very small explosion, but it's right next to my head, yeah. And I'm disoriented, and I now have to be extra super competent in order to accomplish what comes next. That's a completely different experience than if I'm just, you know, running and jumping and whatever. Mm-hmm. Howard, would you say that Schlock, Schlock Mercenary is primarily um, adventure fiction? No, mm-hmm. I'd say it's primarily humor because oh, of well, because yes. of the because of the punchline. Right. But I uh I think that topic would fit better when we're talking about adventure as a subgenre. Yeah, that's because a good I'm idea. definitely exploiting that. Yep. One of my favorite adventure moments uh, in uh, in anything is the scene in the uh, oft maligned uh, Pirates of the Caribbean four okay. movie where Jack Sparrow shows us his plan to escape from the dining room, and he does all the zany stuff that you see him do in the first three movies except you see him looking at things and positioning the room as he's doing his crazy talk. And then all of a sudden, you know, a dude goes out the window and there's swinging on the chandelier and he grabs the pastry. And these are all things that are fun and exciting, but knowing that he isn't just making it up. Right, mm-hmm. he set it all up so that he. This yeah. was cool. a this was a set piece, and that made it so much <laughs> cooler for me than any of his other action scenes. Now, I, I like the way that we keep coming back again and again to the environment, and the way that the environment is uh, is informing the adventure. Because I think more than anything, that's how I use this: mm-hmm. is right. to think, well, this this story takes place in a big city. That means I've got a train and a skyscraper, and you know, a big shipping dock. What cool things can I do there, and how can I make sure that the character scenes and the investigation scenes and whatever else I'm doing happen in a cool place where cool things can be done? This is because the conflict in Adventure Story is primarily external. It's the environment, or it is other people that the main character is trying to overcome in some way, and that externality of it doesn't mean you can't have an internal art for your character. You should, but that Mm -hmm. as the prime story means that the obstacles put in front of this character need to be great to challenge them. And if those weren't there, you wouldn't have your story. Yeah. I think one of the other aspects of, of the, of the, the, the location and and all of that is actually that, and and, um, that there needs to be an element of improvisation in yeah. how that that part of the area of mm-hmm. competency of your character is that they are someone who can look at a room 
or look at wherever it is and right. figure out, you know, like Jackie Chan, uh, what do I have to fight with? I will fight with this ladder. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the ladder fights. Peter Molyneux, uh, uh, game designer, very famously mm-hmm. once said that, you know, he was tired of these fantasy games in which you are upgrading your weapons and really the only thing you do is swing your sword at things. Yes, you develop all these cool moods, uh, all these cool moves, but these fights shouldn't be taking place on a flat battlefield. You are in an environment. Mm-hmm. Why are we not jumping off of walls? Why are we not throwing bottles? Why are we not setting fire to things? Um, and what he was describing was how can we make games look more like action movies? Yeah. Well, in Princess Bride, you know, the 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 sword fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For that a big is example. Because that is not level terrain. And and the entire time you're watching it, you're like, I wish I could be doing that. And it's it's articulating character. It is advancing the plot. It's really cool to watch. All right. This has been a great discussion. We will dig into this again in a couple of weeks. First, I want to give you some homework. Dan, you have our homework this week. All right. Your homework this week, you are going to do what Howard's editor made him do. Take a an expository scene, whether that is an introduction to a character or dialogue between two characters, something where you're feeding us important information, but then set it during something really exciting, something thrilling. Uh, The room is falling apart, you're being attacked, you're running away from something, whatever that is, make us have an adventure during our exposition. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.